Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Now, if it's your first time finding me, thanks so much and welcome. This is episode six of my seventh season. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, all right, you guys, we know the state of our nation continues to be experiencing heavy, heavy times, right? We're still in a public health emergency status as I record this episode, and the death toll has risen to at least 123 lives lost from the havoc created, caused, unleashed by Hurricane Ian. Now, mental health crises, of course, continue to escalate as well, in my opinion. There is continued fear for so many of us losing loved ones to COVID-19 based on their pre-existing conditions or their age. Loss of homes for those impacted by the hurricanes, of course, is current mental health stress. And of course, the multiple stressors of life at home, as always, life at work, as always, and of course, the impact of stress and vulnerabilities in our children. So let's not forget that World Mental Health Day was just two days ago on October 10th, 2022. We need to continue raising awareness and debunk the stigma that may still exist in various pockets of our community and of our various cultures. Now, if you need mental health help in a state of crisis, please don't forget that there is a brand new hotline number to call into, please. So try and avoid dialing into 911 when you're in a mental health crisis. There's a new hotline number that is 988. Now, anyways, you guys, all right, let me start unpacking the day today. So I'm going to be diving into my compliance tips and my recommendations today on mammography and clinical breast exams. And of course, it is the second Wednesday of the month, so that means I'll be getting into the newsworthy OIG work plan updates for September 2022. And I'm going to close out today's episode with a remarkable quote on purpose and impact by Julia Child. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you guys know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 12 years of experience in front office, in back end, in coding, and in billing for multi-specialty physicians in compliance and in auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So 
Let's get into Newsworthy. It's the second Wednesday of the month, so that means even in Season 7, I'm going to be going over the month's OIG Work Plan updates. Now, the first OIG Work Plan update for September 2022 is titled Protecting Children and Foster Care from Identity Theft. Now, this report will be coming from the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. The more than 600,000 children served by the U.S. foster care system each year are especially vulnerable to identity theft because their personally identifiable information can be accessed by the many adults they encounter during their time in care, including non-custodial family members, foster parents, and social services personnel. Congress enacted two laws that include requirements intended to protect children in foster care from identity theft, the Child and Family Services Improvement and Innovation Act, and the Preventing Sex Trafficking and Strengthening Families Act. These laws require states to conduct annual credit checks for children aged 14 or older in foster care and to help these children interpret and resolve any inaccuracies identified in credit reports. The surge in reports of identity theft and stakeholder concerns could indicate that credit checks and the resolution of credit reports may not be occurring as required by federal law. They will evaluate records of children in foster care to determine the extent to which in calendar year 2021, number one, if state child welfare agencies implemented practices to conduct credit checks for children in foster care, number two, if state child welfare agencies identified children in foster care who had credit reports that indicated identity theft. Three, if state child welfare agencies supported children in foster care in interpreting credit reports and resolving cases of identity theft. And four, if the Administration for Children and Families recommended and states took preventative measures to protect children in foster care from identity theft. They will also examine demographic data to determine whether there are disparities in the provision of credit checks, the prevalence of identity theft, or the provision of preventative measures. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2024. Now, the second OIG work plan update for September 2022 is titled Inpatient Rehabilitation Facility Nationwide Audit. This report is expected from the Office of Audit Services. Inpatient Rehabilitation Facilities, or ERFs, provide intensive inpatient rehabilitation therapy for patients who have complex nursing, medical management, and rehabilitation needs that require hospital-level treatment in an inpatient environment. For an ERF claim to be considered reasonable and necessary, ERFs must meet certain coverage and documentation requirements. Prior OIG audits have identified billions of dollars in overpayments for ERF claims. They plan to determine whether there are areas where CMS can clarify Medicare ERF claims payment criteria. In addition, they will follow up on recommendations from their prior ERF audit. This final report is also expected in fiscal year 2024. Now, the third OIG work plan update for September 2022 is titled Hospital Price Transparency. This report is coming from the Office of Audit Services. CMS issued a final rule effective January 1st, 2021 to improve transparency in healthcare costs by requiring hospitals to make their prices readily available for consumers. 
a rule applies to all hospitals regardless of how they are paid. CMS's final rule provided specific instructions on which items were to be included on the list, as well as gross charges for each item or service, payer-specific negotiated charges for each item or service, the discounted cash price, and codes used by a hospital to identify each item or service. CMS has also outlined its monitoring and enforcement plan to ensure hospital compliance. Potential actions CMS may take for non-compliance include providing a written warning listing violations, requiring a hospital to create a corrective action plan, and imposing civil monetary penalties. To evaluate CMS's monitoring and enforcement of the hospital price transparency rule, OIG will review the controls in place at CMS and statistically sample hospitals to determine whether CMS's controls are sufficient to ensure that hospital pricing information is readily available to patients as required by federal law. Additionally, if hospitals are not in compliance with CMS's rules for listing their charges, OIG will contact the hospitals to determine the reason for noncompliance and determine whether CMS identified the noncompliance and imposed consequences on the hospitals. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2023. Now the final fourth OIG work plan update for September 2022 is titled Medicaid Managed Care Plans Focus on Fraud Referrals. Now this report is expected from the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. For Medicaid Managed Care, states contract with private health insurance companies or managed care plans that have the primary responsibility for processing, paying, and monitoring the claims of providers in their networks. As such, managed care plans play a critical role in safeguarding Medicaid program integrity. According to federal regulations, state contracts with managed care plans must require that plans promptly refer any potential fraud, waste, or abuse to state Medicaid agencies or Medicaid fraud control units, MFUKUs. However, both OIG and CMS have ongoing concerns about managed care plans' efforts to combat fraud, including concerns about a lack of fraud referrals. This evaluation will determine the number of potential fraud referrals managed care plans made to states, MFUKUs, and other entities. Determine whether managed care plan processes support the referral of potential fraud. And identify the factors that influence whether managed care plans make referrals. This work may identify ways to increase the total number of managed care plan referrals and ensure the quality and timeliness of referrals. This final report is expected in fiscal year 2024. All right, let me move into my shout out to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Each week in October, I'll be sharing more information here to further awareness as well. I've decided to focus on the National Breast Cancer Foundation this month. Their website is dedicated to getting involved this entire month, how all of us can help get involved to learn about breast cancer, to empower ourselves with that education and knowledge, to take our own actions, and finally, to help our communities. Now, tomorrow, Thursday, October 13th, is Metastatic Breast Cancer Awareness Day. Metastatic breast cancer is stage four breast cancer that has spread to other areas of the body, such as the brain, bones, lungs, and liver. While metastatic breast cancer is not curable, the focus of treatment is on increasing the quality of life.
And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. So in today's compliance tip, I wanted to get into how to help detect breast cancer early. It's with those screenings and those clinical breast exams. Because remember, almost 99% of women diagnosed with breast cancer at the earliest stage live for five years or more. Now, Medicare covers those clinical breast exams along with screening pelvic exams in our National Coverage Determination, or NCD, number 210.2, or 210.2. Now, in that National Coverage Determination, it states that in Section 4102 of the Balanced Budget Act of 1997 provides for coverage of screening pelvic examinations, including a clinical breast examination, for all female beneficiaries subject to certain frequency and other limitations. A screening pelvic examination, including a clinical breast examination, should include at least seven of the following 11 elements but I'm just gonna state the one element specific to the clinical breast exam details here. And that clinical breast exam details should include inspection and palpation of breasts for masses or lumps, tenderness, symmetry, or nipple discharge. Now the applicable Medicare HCPCS code is G0101, which is for cervical or vaginal cancer screening, pelvic, and clinical breast examination. Now, the frequency limitations outlined in the NCD include annually, which means 11 months must have passed the month of the last covered exam for women at high risk for developing cervical or vaginal cancer or childbearing age with abnormal pap test within the past 36 months or the frequency limitation includes once every 24 months, which means 23 months must have passed following the month of the last covered examination for low risk women. Now, Medicare covers mammography in female patients with Medicare Part B who are aged 35 and older. For frequency under Medicare, for patients aged 35 through 39, you can have one baseline mammogram. For patients who are aged 40 and older, you can have your mammogram annually. Now remember, there are no copayments that are applied, no coinsurances that are applied, and no deductibles that apply. Medicare covers mammography screening with two CPT codes. CPT code 77063, which is defined as screening digital breast tomosynthesis bilateral, list separately in addition to code for primary procedures. And there's also an additional note below that CPT code that states use CPT code 77063 as an add-on code to CPT code 77067 when tomosynthesis is used in addition to 2D mammography. Now, the second CPT code is that CPT code 77067, and that's defined as screening mammography bilateral two-view study of each breast, including computer-aided detection, or CAD, when performed. 
Now, this NCD goes on to state that Medicare covers mammography with these ICD-10 codes. And remember, these are not exhaustive. So in the NCD, they list ICD-10 code C84.7A, N61.21, N61.22, N61.23, N63.15, N63.25, and Z12.31. Now, there are additional notes underneath this description for the applicable ICD-10 codes. It states, you can report dual diagnosis codes showing specific quadrants of the breasts instead of using unspecified quadrants if that's more appropriate. And of course, you should always be checking your max for additional diagnoses that may be applicable and covered as well. And do note, there are many instances in real life that if you perform and bill a screening mammogram and a diagnostic mammogram on the same day, you should be appending modifier GG, G as in George, G as in George, to show that a screening mammography has turned into a diagnostic mammography. And never forget, review those NCDs, right? That national coverage determination. And for the mammography, that is number 220.4 or number 220.4 for mammography. Now, let me just read to you a little bit of what it states under the benefit category. So there are two that they describe as included in the benefit category for number one, diagnostic tests, other, and then number two, for screening mammography. And they, of course, give the caveat of, please note, this may not be an exhaustive list of all applicable Medicare benefit categories for this item or service. Then the NCD moves on and talks about the item service description. A diagnostic mammography is a radiologic procedure furnished to a man or woman with signs and symptoms of breast disease or a personal history of breast cancer or a personal history of biopsy, proven benign breast disease, and includes a physician's interpretation of the results of the procedure. A screening mammography is a radiologic procedure furnished to a woman without signs or symptoms of breast disease for the purpose of early detection of breast cancer and includes a physician's interpretation of the results of the procedure. A screening mammography has limitations as it must be at a minimum a two-view exposure, craniocaudal and a medial lateral oblique view of each breast. Now the NCD goes further and talks about the indications and limitations of coverage. A diagnostic mammography is a covered service if it's ordered by a doctor of medicine, an MD, or osteopathy, a DO, as defined in section 1861 R1 of the Act. Payment may not be made for a screening mammography performed on a woman under age 35. Payment may be made only for one screening mammography performed on a woman over age 34, but under age 40. For an asymptomatic woman over age 39, payment may be made for a screening mammography performed after at least 11 months have passed, following the month in which the last screening mammography was performed. 
Now, a radiological mammogram is a covered diagnostic test under the following conditions. Number one, the patient has distinct signs and symptoms for which a mammogram is indicated. Number two, that the patient has a history of breast cancer. Or number three, the patient is asymptomatic, but on the basis of the patient's history and other factors, the physician considers significant. The physician's judgment is that a mammogram is appropriate. Now, use of mammograms in routine screening of number one, the asymptomatic women aged 50 and over, and number two, asymptomatic women aged 40 or over whose mothers or sisters have had the disease is considered to be medically appropriate, but would not be covered for Medicare purposes. And finally, I focus season seven spark on purpose and impact. I want this seventh season spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for purpose and impact in all we strive to do. So in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from Julia Child. Drama is very important in life. You have to come on with a bang. You never want to go out with a whimper. Absolutely true, right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us to take those leaps of faith. I think this quote reminds us that we have the ability to be bold. This quote inspires us to continue to look onwards and upwards on our paths with that same passion, that same strength. I think this quote reminds us that we are the actors in our own lives. I think this quote reminds us the stories of our lives are rich with drama. I think this quote inspires all of us to leave our own legacy of impact behind. I am happy a Julia Child spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Now, all right, you guys, I'm going to apologize at the end of this episode because I have been recording with so much construction noise in the background. I apologize for that annoying buzzing sound in the background, but this microphone that I utilize is incredibly powerful and picks up the sounds from my recording area. So I apologize that you are hearing all the construction, all the bulldozers, the grating, sawing, whatever, um, cement breakdown equipment. I don't know the name of that equipment, but I think you can hear all of that in the background. So I apologize. But in my last thoughts for today, I just wanted to remind all of us that life is incredibly short. So make the most of each and every day. Again, keep carving out time for yourselves to prevent that full-blown stress and burnout that I hear about from everybody in my life. Everybody is experiencing it full on. So remember to do what you can to take a little vacation, meditate, sign up for yoga classes, jog in a breast cancer awareness, walk-a-thon, marathon. All of those things are happening in our community. So try and participate as well. And carve time out for you and your loved ones. And of course, please continue staying safe and healthy wherever you are in the world. 
Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.